Hi, this is Katie Gamble, and I'm here with my friend Chris Smith for another episode of Clarksville's Conversation. This is a series we've been doing where we've been inter- interviewing city council candidates and um, just finding their stance on things. So, Chris, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so um, we have uh, three candidates for uh, Ward 5, uh, Joey Dassinger, Melissa Eldridge, and Jason Knight. And um, we'll introduce each one as we go. Um, let's just start with um, uh, Joey. Um, can you talk to us about growth? Um, what does gro- good growth look like to you, Joey Dassinger? Well, I'm a believer in, in free markets. I, I think that's a, something we should work to strive towards. And growth should be should be followed be led by free mar- the free market and where the market uh demands growth to be if there's uh the people to in, in the in the population to require a certain service or certain jobs what whatever the case may be um that's when we uh those those things need to come it doesn't need to be uh Incentivized by by government or artificially created, it, in order to revenue revenue uh, generate revenue, the it needs to be completely market led. And uh, Melissa Eldridge, um, how about you? Um, what does good growth look like to you? Good growth uh, in Clarksville to me looks like. Uh, where we'll have affordable housing for the different, especially our middle class. And being that uh, Ward 5 is so close to Fort Campbell, my concern is uh, the younger uh, military servicemen and women that are coming in with families, um, that we have affordable housing for them and that um, our roadways can compensate for the growth that we have, um, as well as um, just in all departments, even even in our uh, industrial business. We want to make sure that we bring um, good companies to Clarksville that's going to provide families with a um, salary that will allow them to even afford a home and so good growth to me is just going to be able to manage our traffic. I've lived in uh, Northern Virginia and the D.C. area before, so the traffic that we have here is a hiccup compared to the heartache that it is in those areas. But I think that uh, our traffic engineers are going to do a, a very good job. And being that the city has is requiring that, Developers now kind of assist with the roadways when they're developing the residential area. I think that's going to help with our growth and just some of our uh, heartaches that we feel that we have. All right. And um, Jason Knight, um, how about you? What does good growth look like to you for Clarksville? Well, that's not an easy answer. It's a multifaceted answer. Um, I'd say uh, right now, based off of the information from last year, we have a population of about 205,960 people within Clarksville-Montgomery County. Um, the median age is about 29 to 35. Uh, there's lots of younger people uh, with young children. Uh, we need to focus on uh, things like 
providing more parks uh, and recreation for our, our younger generation, our younger um, uh, families uh, to have something to do with their children. We need to focus on uh, providing uh, adaptive uh, uh, parks for special needs children as well. Um, I mean, I have two uh, kids on the spectrum myself, um, and uh, I've been working with uh, the, the, the state legislation in order to try to help alleviate some of the issues that we have currently with uh, the IEP processes and such. Um, we also need to focus on schools. Uh, on the county commission, we just approved uh, several schools to have a 200-classroom um, addition uh, to include West Creek Elementary, which is now at 111% uh, capacity. So we need to focus on smart, decisive, and fiscally responsible decisions to be made that will accommodate for our growing community. Um, our community has grown at about, what, 11,000 people within the past few years, and it will continue to grow. So we need more white-collar jobs, more blue-collar jobs in our community as we grow. Uh, we need to be able to provide those jobs, and we lose money when individuals have to commute all the way out to Nashville and other locations in order to uh, get work. So these are the things that we need to focus on when we talk about growth. Thanks, Jason. Um, the next topic is a pretty hot topic here in Montgomery County and Clarksville, and I'm going to start with Miss Eldridge because she touched on it. So traffic, uh, what should be done to address our traffic issues and in your ward and across Clarksville? It's very important that those traffic studies are performed. Uh, at our high peak times. Um, I think in the past that um, that has been an oversight as far as the t uh, timing our lights. Um, on Peachers Mill and Tiny Town, uh, not Tiny Town, Peachers Mill and 101st here, my concern with the traffic is just that intersection right there at Peachers Mill and 101st, where you have the individuals uh, that's coming from Tiny Town and attempting to merge onto 101st, headed toward Fort Campbell. Um, that's a big concern there. Even though they added that turning lane there, um, Individuals are still attempting to um, kind of jump out there, even when uh, the individuals have the left turning light. So, and being that those lights are so close together, which the one at Ringo Road was very much needed uh, on 101st, but I am, uh, it was brought to my attention uh, with the development that's going up on Peachers Mill across from West Creek Farms, um, a resident in that area stated that they were almost hit by one of the construction trucks when he was attempting to get out of West Creek Farms. Well, I've talked uh, to the planning commission, and so that's going to be a phased development. And there is a light right there. Um, I'm not sure if it's by top flight property management. There's a light there. And so I've been uh, reassured that as that development uh, continues to build, that there will be another access uh, road to get into that community. I have a, a call into Chris Cowan 
because my question and the question of the resident in the ward was if there were was going to be a light put up there. So knowing that it's a phased development that kind of gives time to assess uh, what problems may occur there. Um, for the most part, you know, Clarksville's a young city and um, we're starting to see those growing pains. And we're gonna have to um, really make sure that our traffic engineers are experienced and that uh, we hold them accountable to really coming out and assessing it at those high peak times. Thank you. Um, Mr. Dazinger, um, what are your thoughts on traffic? Well, in ward, the Ward 5 area, I see a lot of uh, four or five lane roads around there and you know, it gets kind of busy during rush hour, but overall, it, it doesn't seem to be very overly congested. What I do see as an issue is, of course, like you have you have roads like Trenton Road, which is, from what I'm told, a state road. So we'd have to work work with uh, the state legislator on getting those, those roads widened and see what the best course of action on that is. One issue I, I see that has come from the the placement of uh, where the impact is going to be is going to be what downtown will look like because that that can get to be an already crowded road and during those uh, event times that's going to be an issue. So um, we'll have to look at specifically downtown uh, where that's going to be. We're going to have to figure out how to alleviate that traffic in that area because just putting up a parking zone, you know, that helps with the parking issue, but uh, it, there's there's going to be a lot of standstill, I think, when that comes through. So we're going to have to figure out how to get that done. I'm, you know, I'm not sure exactly how that will work right now, but um, hopefully we can get that figured out. So, Jason, you want to finish this off? What are your thoughts on traffic? Well, we do have an issue with traffic here within Clarkson, Montgomery County, uh, but I think we need to focus on bringing industry here. Uh, that'll help to provide some of the big jobs, the big high-paying jobs that people go out of town for, and that'll help to alleviate, uh, like I said previously, having to commute all the way out to Nashville and other places in order to gain those jobs, which will then alleviate some of the traffic issues and congestions that we have on the I-24 and uh, Trenton Road and such, and it will help statistically to reduce some of the, the accidents that occur here. Uh, and on the, the 24 regularly. We also need to look into possibly widening roads like Ringgold Road, um, even uh, Tiny Town Road. Um, I know Tiny Town is a state road, but we can liaison with state officials in order to um, discuss that process to alleviate some of the, the traffic issues we have on Tiny Town Road. I know I, I get calls from constituents that um, have issues with individuals uh, who speed through Peachers Mill trying to get to Tiny Town, and then they divert from Peachers Mill into areas like Broad Ripple Drive, um, trying to cut through from Peachers Mill to Tiny Town and vice versa. Um, Ringgold Road, I spoke to one constituent um, out there uh, around Ringgold area who told me about an accident that occurred sometime last week. She said individuals just speed through those, those areas. And that brings me to the next issue where uh, we have to do something to help alleviate 
some of the speeding that's going on within our, our residential neighborhoods. Now, I've met with um, hundreds of, of constituents within my particular district as a county commissioner, and um, in those meetings, uh, they've expressed to me the issues that they've had with individuals speeding through their neighborhoods. Um, to include one individual that told me that they had to change out their mailbox about 10 times um, based off of the fact that a speeder hit it. Um, I had one young, la- young lady at uh, Rhett Butler who uh, told me that an individual sped straight through her lawn, destroyed her, her mailbox, and almost hit the side of um, her neighbor's house. Uh, just on Tiny Town alone, we've had, with th- within this past year, we've had two vehicles crash into the side of an apartment complex. So I've uh, uh, spoken to Chris Cowan myself, um, and uh, working with him and the street department, we were able to actually get some speed counters put in to um, uh, North Henderson Way, uh, parts of Plantation Estates, and Broad Ripple Drive in order to make that determination on how fast individuals are going through those those neighborhoods. And the general consensus of the community, because I also work with some of those constituents um, to try to help alleviate that issue, their general consensus out of a poll that I did, um, a physical poll and uh, polling on my social media, I had hundreds of individuals state that they would like to see some speed bumps placed within some of the residential neighborhoods um, as a traffic calming measure to help reduce that that issue that we have with speeding. But with a growing community comes more traffic. We just have to make sure that we plan accordingly to include in placing uh, things like sidewalks and street lights and street signs. Thank you, Jason. All right. And um, the next issue that we want to talk about is crime. Um, so going to you, uh, Ms. Eldridge, um, what do you think should be done to address crime in Clark? Well, I am very happy that we have a sheriff and a police chief um, that is not just accepting um, uh, individuals who have gotten in trouble in their uh, municipalities and may be coming here to try to seek a police uh, position. Uh, And talking to them, they are looking for those... uh, officers who are certified. That is very important. Over the years, uh, we have seen our number of police dwindle, especially when you uh, match that up against the ratio of the population uh, per officer. We are at a dire shortage here. And I I really feel that I want to advocate to individuals and to younger individuals that may be seeking employment that they look at the police force um, just so that we can get that diversity uh, put in place as well, you know, and, 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 and so that we'll have a law enforcement uh, that looks like our community because Clarksville is so diverse. Um, I, I tell you, with growth comes crime and that's what we're seeing. Um, I am working with a group, Recover Our Sons. I think our mentor, um, 
organizations that go in and they mentor and they talk to our, our youth and young adults. I think that is so important in every community. Um, it's really disappointing, though, when I look at the statistics for Clarksville and when we're compared to the U.S. Um, national rate, um, you know, we're ranking pretty high there for, for a small city. But I really think that uh, if we can get more uh, law enforcement officers in place, I really think it's important that we have law enforcement to patrol our communities more often, just our neighborhoods, just to drive through and, and, and be seen. I think that will help to kind of curtail some of this uh, crime that we're seeing. But we, we have a opioid problem in Clarksville as well as in as well as the smaller rural areas. And so that is in itself um, kind of plaguing Clarksville. But once again, uh, law enforcement, I'm all for law enforcement. Uh, I don't understand when people say defund the police. That's not an option. Um, we need to really build that force up so that our crime rates can come down and so our law enforcement can be more visible. I believe, first of all, first and foremost, that we should be addressing crimes that have victims and overall try to get rid of uh, enforcement of, of what, we, what I would consider victimless crimes. Um, we have a lot of, uh, I see a lot of reports on, on people being arrested and stuff for minor drug charges and, and people being uh, pulled over for for a window tent and, and stuff like that. And I think if we diverted some of our the, our attention from those, then the actual, what I would consider legitimate crimes, could be focused on by our police. And we wouldn't need to so much increase our, our police force, but get them more focused on on those crimes with victims. And that's something that I've been talking about. Uh, and I think it would also help to have more positive interactions between police and citizens. So, Jason, um, what do you think about uh, crime in Clarksville? About, uh, what can be done to better address it? Okay. <clears throat> well, one online source puts Clarksville as uh, being safer than 10% of uh, most U.S. cities. Uh, we have uh, had about 1,044 violent crimes or so, and about 4,500 crimes related to property. And that's one of the main uptick that we've seen with uh, our current growth rate. We've seen crime against property. Um, I think that that particular uh, aspect needs to be addressed the most. Uh, we've had plantation estates, individuals out in plantation estates contact me to let me know that, hey, you know, we've had maybe about you know, six or so car break-ins here recently. Um, I, I'm no law enforcement officer, but I do know our police and sheriff's department um, have amazing policies and procedures to address the crime rate. Um, I recently sat here not too long ago with the outgoing and incoming uh, police chiefs uh, regarding some of the incidents uh, that we've seen in the media today. And our system has been pretty good at ensuring that uh, tragedies, tragedy, tra issues like that 
<laughs> um, you know, don't really occur here. Um, but the issue is funding and recruitment. Um, I sit, uh, for the county, I sit on the jail and juvenile committee. So I know all too well, uh, some of the funding issues that our police and sheriff's department face. I do know the recent, uh, city $103 million operational budget calls for about seven new police officers. Um, and if you, uh, follow the, the Clark City of Clarksville, um, Facebook page, you saw where, you know, they swore in a few new, uh, officers here, uh, recently. But I think we need more amazing men and women to serve and protect our community to alleviate some of the issues with crimes against personal property. Um, like I stated before, and I think, um, we put, if, if we put more funding into our police force, then we can help to alleviate that crime. Um, I want to thank the three of you for joining us today for Clarksville's conversation and just sharing a little bit about your thoughts. Um, if there's anyone out there would like a little bit more information on these candidates, there's a companion piece on Clarksville now that has your biographies and so forth. So please go look it up. But, um, as you guys have mentioned multiple times, Clarksville is growing and it's going to need strong leaders to help move us forward. So I do appreciate your willingness to put yourself out there and serve our community. So thank you for joining us. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation. 